Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Paul McLaughlin has supported independent news directly for five years. Be like Paul. Become a DTNS member at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Friday, March 15th, 2019 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. Am I a scroll or am I Len Peralta? Spoiler, I'm Len Peralta. Ah, and uh, I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang. Uh, joining us this week, uh, or this day, actually, Patrick Norton, host of Tech Thing and AVXL is back. How's it going, Patrick? I'm thinking some people think a day with me is like a week, so you're probably accurate on both <laughs> counts. <laughs> no worries, no worries. Uh, Patrick's back to talk to us a little bit about that new NVIDIA card that just got announced yesterday. Uh, we've got that coming up. We are also going to touch on uh, the events in New Zealand, not so much on the events themselves, but on the response by tech companies uh, regarding the video there. Uh, so just a, a warning to folks that we will be getting into a little bit more serious topic later in the show, but let's start with a few tech things you should know. Spotify filed a complaint with the EU that Apple's App Store is anti-competitive. Now, Apple posted a public response Thursday emphasizing how much Spotify has benefited from that same App Store. Apple also detailed how many apps in the store don't generate revenue for Apple itself. The post didn't mention the EU complaint or directly address the points that were raised by Spotify, though. Google's Gboard keyboard for iOS now supports Google Translate. That's a feature that's been on Gboard for Android since about, I don't know, 2017. All 103 languages are supported by Google Translate in the new Gboard for iOS. Samsung's Notebook 9 Pro and Notebook 9 Pen announced at CES will be available starting March 17th. St. Patrick's Day presents for everybody. The 13-inch Notebook 9 Pro is available for $1,999 with 8 gigs of RAM and 256 gigs of storage or $1,299 for 16 gigs of RAM and 512 gigs of storage. The Notebook 9 Pen ranges from $1,399 to $1,799 with either a 13 or 15-inch model and up to 1 terabyte of storage plus plus the updated S Pen. Hmm. Uh, verbal typo there. You said uh, Notebook 9 Pro was $19.99. It's $10.99. Um, $10.99. It is not, in fact, more expensive than the higher capacity RAM one. I think that, <laughs> I just wanted to clarify that. Thank a you. jury in the Federal Court of San Diego found that Apple owes Qualcomm $31 million for infringing three patents related to managing battery life. I imagine they'll appeal. It's not even the only one of these kinds of cases between these two companies. But just so you know, there's the latest. 
Alex Heath over at Cheddar reports that Snap plans to announce a mobile gaming platform to developers on April 4th, dubbed Project Cognac. The platform features games, or will anyway, from outside developers designed to work within the Snapchat app. As part of their gaming push, the company acquired both the Australian studio Pretty Great for $8.6 million and the British-based browser game engine startup Play Canvas in 2018. All right. Let's talk a little bit more about what Facebook's doing with AI. Yeah, Facebook is launching an AI tool that it says can detect and flag, quote, near nude images or videos that are shared without permission on Facebook and Instagram. The images would then be viewed by moderators, human ones. Currently, non-consensual intimate images have to be reported by somebody before that they can get removed. So if they're not reported, they tend to kind of hang out for a while. Facebook also said it would continue to improve those tools and response speed and launched a page at facebook.com slash safety slash. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Uh, not without my consent, for information about dealing with this kind of content. Yeah, so this is often called revenge porn. Uh, And if you remember, uh, Facebook has a tool in some countries, including the U.S., where you can choose to upload pictures of yourself uh, that Facebook promises they won't share with anyone else, but in, in order to make sure that the uh, that the the algorithm can catch them if anyone else tries to upload them, basically, you know, it's like content ID for for your own pictures. Uh, they're expanding that to a bunch of other countries, but that requires you to do something that you may not be comfortable with. So this AI is a is a chance for them to say we would like to try to detect stuff by looking at what the image looks like, the context, who's posting it, what the caption says. And we've done Mm -hmm. some machine learning training to try to figure out when that is ill-intentioned. And also, you know, a near nude image. Okay. I I understand what Facebook's going for here, right? And you you almost rather get a false positive than, than miss things. 
but okay, what if I'm in a bathing suit, you know, and it's, it gets flagged and a moderator for whatever reason think, mm, you know, maybe Sarah should know about this. Like, do I get an email? I mean, what, what is, yeah, what, uh, what are they, the next steps after that to well, make sure they, that they I talk, understand what's going on? They talk about it in the post. They would, it'll notify a moderator. The moderator will review it and, and say like, yeah, okay, this, this doesn't seem like a false positive. Let's notify this person and say, I don't think this is supposed to be up. We're going to pull it down unless you say otherwise. So I, I, I don't have any problem on that end of it. And and if there are too many false positives, well, A, they, they need to have better machine learning training. But B, mm-hmm. uh, that's why they're having these not automatically pulled down, but sent to human moderators as a way to help the human moderators keep track of what's happening out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, upset the moderators, as we all know. Oh, that's skipped. not a job I would want. You're right. No. <laughs> uh, the Tokyo 2020 Olympics and Paralympics launched their robot project Friday, showing two robots designed to assist supporters, workers, and athletes during the games. 16 of Toyota's human support robots, or HSRs, a small white robot with facial features, will assist wheelchair users and can carry things and guide viewers to seats. 20 of Panasonic's Power Assist Suits, a battery-powered exoskeleton, will help workers lift and carry objects like luggage without straining the back. Uh, It can also be used by athletes while they're in the village, not while they're competing, obviously. Uh, The Tokyo Olympics begin on July 24th, 2020. Uh, Patrick, obviously very Japanese for the Tokyo Olympics to have a bunch of robots, but these seem kind of cool. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm part of me is like waiting for the first video of a couple. It won't happen in Japan. Uh, it won't happen this early. But I'm I'm waiting for the first time the exoskeleton fighting starts, or people start flinging things at each other with the exoskeleton. <laughs> um, it would not be the first exoskeleton fight uh, that originated from Japan, would it? No, I mean plus anytime you can you know make an aliens reference with Sigourney Weaver, mm-hmm. uh, although I think I named the wrong movie. It just you know, it just it. I I I'm fascinated. I hope they work well. Uh, I know a lot of the the earlier uh, airport robots have been uh, works in progress. <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder about the HSRs. They kind of remind me of that airport robot sort of yeah. thing with the facial features and everything. Um, but if they're just kind of carrying things or or kind of helping you move around in flat surfaces, uh, sure, uh, it's it's kind of nifty. And I think we're going to see more robots coming out of Tokyo. It's the exoskeleton. This is the one that captures my imagination too. <laughs> yeah. Sarah, do any of these uh, you know, robots really excite you? Yeah. <laughs> we talk about robots so much. Now I'm just like, sure. They're part of the Olympics. Seems, what a world seems we like live the right in. place. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Tokyo. It all makes sense. It all fits. Okay. Let's talk about passing notes in class. Oh, yeah. Shall we? Are, or at least the modern way to do it. The Atlantic's Taylor Lorenz has an article discussing how school students are using Google Docs as a way to chat with other students during class. Google Docs is often used to do collaborative exercises. So students have gotten pretty savvy. They could use the built-in chat. There is one, but there are other clever workarounds. For example, highlighting a word allows for comments in a pop-up box that can be quickly hidden by pressing the resolve button. Sort of like ephemeral messaging for Google Docs, I guess. Or sometimes you could create a doc and then each kid could pick a different font so everybody knows who's who and then chat line by line in the body of the text. And kids who don't use Google Docs do similar things in the online version of Word or even school-run collaborations spaces 
Yeah. So it's, if you haven't used this in Google Docs, just right click anywhere and choose comment and the little box pops up and resolve gets rid of everything. Now it does destroy the record of your conversation, but if you're just chatting about, you know, like, Hey, we're going to meet up after school. You want to get something, some food or, or whatever. <laughs> right. You don't yeah, really I mean, it's, You're whispering to your classmate. Yeah. I mean, that, that just sort of goes away too. It's uh, it, it's, it's smart. I, I, didn't have the internet when I was in elementary school or high school for that matter. So this was just not, you know, having the internet and, and trying to keep kids off of their computers or their mo- mobile phones or whatever was just not something that you know, I don't have an experience firsthand with this, but you know, kids, kids want to chat with each other, right? Yeah. You know, you're not supposed to be whispering to each other. You're not supposed to be passing notes. You're not supposed to be chatting about non-school things within Google docs, but I think that's pretty smart of them, especially if, you know, maybe you don't have access to the internet, but everybody's on their computer and you're supposed to be doing some spreadsheet collaboration. Well, I think you'd have itself. to have access to the internet for that to work though, wouldn't you? Well, you could, you could, you could, you could be, um, for Google docs, I think it would on have a local access to the, Wi-Fi. You, you'd, you'd be on the high school internet, which would block out a lot of stuff for sure. So sure, you wouldn't, your yeah. WhatsApp would might be blocked. Yeah. Right. Patrick, well, you're kids. a father. Uh, do, you, do you think that this will still be around by the time your kids are, are passing notes in class or will they be doing it by augmented reality? Uh, yeah, I mean, one of my favorite lines of all time is William Gibson. The street finds its own uses for things. Um, I'm also laughing as anytime I, I see an article, it's like shock children using tools to do things that the original inventors did not intend. <laughs> um, you know, I just think about the. There's a Dilbert cartoon a thousand years ago where uh, Dilbert's got to basically do a content filter and somebody's like, okay, so it's you against every horny 14 year old child in the universe. Um, Good luck. It's just, yeah, there'll be some horrifying variation on this. Um, I'm just wondering what happens at the, at the point where we become kind of cyborg and, and we have, you know, our cell phones are embedded into our necks. Like, what do you end up doing to block this kind of stuff? Because it's amazing to hear stories from teachers about some of the stuff, like the incredibly creative ways kids are hiding their phones to continue having conversations when they're not supposed to be in classrooms. I mean, this is a, this is an ancient tradition. It, yeah. Um, <laughs> it, is it something where, okay, we look at this story and we're like, oh, yeah. they told kids to put their phones away. They're looking to make sure they're not passing notes. So the kids figured out a way to chat over Google Docs in a way that the teachers can't immediately see. They're supposed to be using this tool for collaboration. It's it's part of their lesson. And even when they're home, they're working on their homework. The parents may think, oh, they're, they're working on that Google Doc with their, their friends, but they're really <laughs> chatting. Is that a problem? And and the other side of is it is it or should we continue to try to crack down because even knowing they'll always find a way around at least it slows them down a tiny bit. Yes, the latter one. As a parent, um, <laughs> <laughs> hold the line. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I I think that's the key, right? Is is not. Uh, we expect these policies to eliminate uh, all distraction and kids will only work on. No, I mean, it's almost healthy for them to figure this out. But also, you don't want to make it so easy that they, they end up not being able to work on their stuff at all. Yeah, it's I mean, it's a thin line because uh, it always amazes. I get a lot of questions like, what do you do to filter the Internet from your children? I'm like, I don't I make them use the Internet, uh, you know, with the door open and in public or, or you know, public or open the, the family areas of the house, not necessarily their bedroom. And at some point, that's going to become more challenging as they get over or excuse me, as they get older. But I just 
you know, kids, they want to learn things. They're going to figure out a way to learn them. Um, and, you know, that's certainly how any of a number of people in my generation started hacking the Internet because they wanted access to things that they didn't have at home. Um, again, honorable tradition, maybe not legal, but certainly where some of the most talented uh, technologists I know got their starts. Circle of life. Some of our presidential <laughs> candidates were part of Cult of the Dead Cow, apparently. All right. Uh, NVIDIA announced the GTX 1660 GPU Thursday, starting at $219 or 199 pounds UK, coming from EVGA, Asus, and a few others. It does not support DLSS or ray tracing. This is not an RT. This is a GTX. But NVIDIA says it has a 15% boost over the GTX 1060 and is 130% faster than the 960. Patrick, what else should we know about this? Uh, the really interesting takeaway from this card is that the the processor is incredibly friendly to overclocking and really, really easy to overclock. There's a great article by Sebastian Peake over at PC Per. And by the time he was done overclocking it, he was looking at better than 16, like equivalent, roughly the equivalent of a 1660 Ti, which is a card that costs like $60 more, you know, 40 to $60 more. Um, you know, this is, it does solid, not great numbers at 2560 by 1440. It does very, very well at 1080p. So, which is the vast majority of Steam gaming, like nearly all of it is done on 1080p monitors. Uh, and then a much lower resolution is the second most popular monitor. Like I, I want to say 80% is 1080p monitors, um, 90%, something crazy like that. So, uh, for the vast majority of gamers, this is the new 1060. It's faster than a 1060. Um, not huge amounts uh, until you overclock it. But this is a really nice card and really friendly for overclocking that I think uh, if you've been waiting and waiting and waiting, uh, it's probably time to go ahead and buy a GPU at this point. Yeah, $219. That seems like a, a fairly reasonable price, especially if you've been waiting for a while. If you were someone who just bought, say, a 1060 or something like that, <laughs> uh, must you weep? Is, have you, Did you pull the trigger too soon? Uh, you probably pulled the trigger too soon, but we've also like on on this week computer hardware we've been talking about. Hey, it's it's the other pretty much when the when the the sixteen sixty Ti came out, um, that was pretty much the death knell. At that point, the, that card and the ten sixty were selling for about the same price. So uh, you know it, it's like you know just stop stop buying 1060s stop buying 1070s. It's time to look to the new generation. Um, it's also been a really interesting to watch. Uh, NVIDIA take, you know, kind of split like, okay, this is our lineup that's going to have the horsepower to do ray tracing. And this is our lineup that's not going to have the horsepower to do ray tracing. I think it's smart, especially at the low end. Uh, also, because there's just so few games that actually take advantage of RTX at this point. I don't think you're missing out on much of anything. Yeah, uh, I, I think one bracket. of the decisions people are trying to make when they buy these cards is how long will it be until I need to buy another card? Uh, and the ray tracing part of this really makes that murkier, doesn't it? It does. It's it's actually kind of frustrating. Um, so one of the things that happens, a piece of hardware comes out, uh, and ray tracing was a particularly brutal example of this, right? We saw the first RTX cards came out, you know, right around Black Friday, right around the tail end of, of November, beginning of December. And when you looked at the the regular 3D performance versus ray tracing performance, the ray tracing performance was atrocious. Uh, and then a few weeks later, there was a massive update to the firmware or, or for the, the drivers for the, the first RTX cards. And then it was a, I want to say like a 50% increase in performance, which is huge. Um, 
but you know, as these games, as more RTX games are written, as more RTX or as more games are written with RTX, kind of from the foundation, performance will go up as the number of games goes up. I mean, literally, there's like you know three or four things you can play using RTX right now. Uh, you know, a year from now, I'd probably say, yeah, buy an RTX card of some point of some type. But also at that point, we'll also see a whole bunch. You know, probably the beginnings of the next generation cards, or maybe some updates at the low end. Um, it's also interesting because AMD is releasing uh, their Navi cards, the next generation Navi cards, possibly as early as August of this year uh, is the latest rumor mongering mm. around that. So, If if I'm a bargain monger, uh, I was going to say bargain hunter, but I, I just like the idea of a bargain monger, somebody who, like an iron monger <laughs> who just crafts bargains. Uh, do, is, it, is it ridiculous to expect the 1060 to go down in price? And is that a, is that a bad buy? <laughs> You know, it's messy right now. The 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 kind of back channel story is that hardware manufacturers kept building a ton of, you know, 1060, 1070s and to a lesser degree 1080s, right? Because they build more of the cheap cars, less less of the more expensive cards. Um, because you know, they 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 were just hammering out cards because for the better part of a year, a little over a year, they could sell every card they could make. And then as the Ethereum slash Bitcoin slash cryptocurrency mayhem sort of slowed mm. down and then screeched to a grinding halt, um, what happened was that uh, people stopped buying cards. And at some point, NVIDIA was like, <laughs> did we, oh, you know, cryptocurrency may have actually helped our sales in the last year. I know we said it didn't, but but uh, we but, won't say we were lying, but yeah. we were lying. Um, you know, and the, the flip side of that is a friend of mine who was running a pretty serious crypto mining operation in his garage because in his part of the U.S., uh, electricity is incredibly cheap. By the time he pulled the 17 systems down, he had somewhere in the neighborhood of 60 GPUs to sell so right mm-hmm. now the great bargains in gpus if you trust a gpu that's been running flat out for six months or a year or more uh which a lot of people do some people don't uh the two biggest experts i know on that are completely divided one says it's insane to do that the other one says they're fine um you know the bargains right now are probably you know locally word of mouth or Craigslist where people are selling off the cards that they put into GP or uh, into crypto mining systems, and those should grossly undercut the price, uh, the retail price of the cards. You know the vendors all seem to have been doing a really good job, of kind of like yeah, we're keeping a trickle out. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know I haven't checked the prices in the last twenty four hours. Uh, I wouldn't entirely be shocked if all of a sudden ten sixty cards got really really cheap because there seem to be. A glut of three gigabyte 1060 cards. Don't buy those. Period. Mm. Uh, unless you just need a GPU for no money. Uh, and there were, you know, no 10, no 1080s. Very, very few 1070s, and a lot of six gigabyte 1060s. So uh, I don't know where any of the rest of it might be going, but I would th- really think twice. Uh, if you know, don't don't spend more than two hundred dollars, uh, hundred and eighty dollars, one hundred and fifty dollars on a 1060 right now, because the the performance advantage when you overclock the 1660 is pretty huge. All right. Thank you for that, Patrick. Uh, Folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, subscribe to dailytechheadlines.com. All right. At least 49 people were killed in a shooting at two mosques in Christchurch, New Zealand Friday, and video is being circulated still purporting to be a 17-minute Facebook live stream from one of the shooters. Facebook said it was alerted by police shortly after the stream started. 
and it removed the video as well as the shooter's Facebook and Instagram accounts. Now, if you believe that the 17-minute video is that very same video, which it very well may be, we, we can't say, we haven't confirmed that, uh, that would mean it took Facebook about 17 minutes to pull it down. Video claiming to be copies have appeared elsewhere on Facebook as well as on YouTube, Reddit, and Twitter. All the platforms claim to be removing the videos as soon as they become aware of them. Uh, and New Zealand police have asked people not to share the video. It doesn't really matter whether this is in fact the video or not. This is video that these platforms don't want out there uh, for multiple reasons. And it is seem it seems to be, uh, you know, I, I don't want to make this uh, to make too little of this, but it seems to be the same kind of situation you have in less serious arenas uh, like copyright infringement or. Or, and we were talking about revenge porn earlier, where things get posted first, then you find them and take them down. A lot of folks out there uh, are saying these companies need to do better. They need to be able to stop these live streams from even happening at the beginning. But to do that requires something along the lines of prior restraint. Uh, which, you know, again, these companies are allowed to do that. They're not governmental agencies, so they're not bound by First Amendment or, or laws similar to that in other parts of the world. Uh, but that's hard. It is hard to allow people to share things and keep track of everything they're sharing and figure out what it is fast enough to know when it's like this. Everyone would agree this shouldn't be there. And I think this is a case where everyone agrees this shouldn't be there. Uh, so... That's the difficult situation uh, that we are in as internet users and that tech companies are in uh, as companies. And it's easy, I think, to throw stones and and say they should do better. Uh, sure, they should do better. But how do you do that? And where do you draw the line? Uh, Patrick, Sarah, I, I know this is not an easy conversation to have, but but Sarah, I know uh, in our in our pre-show, you you had some some pretty strong opinions about this. Well, okay, yeah, and and I mean the the story is it's. It's hard to talk about for a lot of reasons, but if you if you if you stick to the tech part of it, um, I understand that you know it, it's certainly in machine learning and 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 AI we can get to a point hopefully where if there's a video in question that is not going to be allowed on the platform, we can get to a point where subsequent videos that have enough of the same data, you know, they could be called something different or they could be maybe manipulated a little bit or chopped up can at least be flagged as, no, it's that video again, and we're not doing that. Okay, we're not there yet, but I can see where tech companies, particularly dealing with video and live stream and all of that stuff, YouTube, Facebook, and, and the rest, could get to a point where we can manage stuff like this a lot more easily. But the 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 first video in question, I don't know how, I, I don't care how powerful you are as a tech company, if I, with you know no criminal record, decide to do something uh, horrific out of nowhere, and I live stream it. The, the there is no company, there is no person even who is going to know that ahead of time necessarily. Maybe maybe there's a there's there's a history of stuff going on, but if there isn't, I don't know how you can blame Facebook for this. It's the scale of being able to auto detect live streams and and try to train machine learning. That certainly yeah. feels possible, but it's not as easy as, as it might sound. Uh, there's the whole battle of content ID where it seems like you should be able to say, hey, uh, 
once you know this video shouldn't be there, put its signature in the database and block it from being posted by anyone. Except we know content ID isn't perfect either direction. It has false positives where it pulls down things it shouldn't, and it doesn't always find the things it should because they're slightly manipulated. Uh, so that's not a perfect system either. Patrick, what do you think of all this? You know, I'm, I'm having uh, a lot of complicated thoughts that that on on one hand uh, are simply like, why are people so broken? Um, mm. and, uh, you know, it's, 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 you know, you, you, you spend enough time in the right corners of the internet, you, you know, what has been seen cannot be unseen. And a friend of mine is like, Oh, you know, my son's looking at X. I'm like, yeah, you, you need to have talked to your son. Um, cause I'm, I'm sure there's like anime collections on 4chan, but generally speaking, people aren't going to 4chan for chipper stuff. Um, you know, and, and this also bumps against the whole concept of free speech and everything else. But you think about uh, the war of the worlds, for example, right? Sunday, November, mm. Sunday, October 30th, 1938. And uh, this, it was a CBS radio, right? Uh, Mercury theater on the air and people freaked out because despite the fact that they had identified it as being not a real thing and a radio drama, um, people thought it was real and ever since then there's always been certain genres of media like you know the the you know the blair house the blair witch house project um the blair witch house uh lots of other stuff where they're they're trying to create this authentic media right and so the nightmare situation for is for a big media company to create some sort of viral thing that's taking advantage of live streaming and mm. for facebook or youtube or whoever to slam it down now i think they would be operating hand in glove and communicating you know, to make this authentic experience happen in an incredibly fake manner. But, you know, I, I, I am almost sympathetic, uh, or I am, I'm sympathetic to the issue that anybody at any time can do something incredibly horrifying with a perfectly, uh, you know, healthy, normal, whatever you want to call it tool. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the flip side is that, uh, and I, I certainly was torqued up on my soapbox and, you know, howling like a meth addict, uh, in, uh, in pre-show, um, where I was basically like, well, of course they have difficulty slowing these things down. They've had difficulty. Uh, there was this period where I, I knew a whole bunch of people who were fairly serious YouTubers were like, woo, Facebook, YouTube alternative. It's going to be huge. It's going to be. And then they realized that, um, there were just so many egregious issues with their, 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 they didn't have the tools to protect intellectual property. They didn't have a particularly great reporting system. They didn't really care, uh, you know, and I think sort of the laissez-faire attitude there, um, you know, comes around and, and about intellectual property comes around and bites them firmly on the ass when mm -hmm. there's an actual like ZOMG, you know, just what we need this week is to be tied in is we're the place to go to, to find people posting video of this horrendous mm -hmm. incident. Uh, you know, but that also gets back to, you know, you know, it's kind of like shutting off the supply of drugs. Uh, by stopping the people selling them, you see the the drug prices are created by the demand, and as long as you have addicts seeking product, people are going to be like, "I can make money and deliver yeah. the product." So, you know, uh, people well, broken see blind one. Right, and and we're certainly not going to solve that ever on this show. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to solve the technology issue. Uh, we're not going to pretend to on this show, uh, but. Hopefully we got you thinking. And uh, you know what? I think the responsible thing to do is to keep this conversation going. Uh, so send us your thoughts, feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. I don't want 
to come off as minimizing the human aspect of this either. Uh, it's our job to talk about the technology and the technology policy of it. And then we stick to our mission on the show. Um, but Len Peralta, uh, you know, ha- always illustrates our Friday show. And I think, Len, you do a good job of, of bringing in the human element of this story today. Oh, it's super difficult to talk about. Uh, you know, lots of people heartbroken in a lot of different ways. Um, so I wanted to do an image that was poignant, uh, poignant, and um, try to touch on that a little bit, the human element. Uh, this piece is called Tears Streaming Live. And um, the, for those of you who aren't watching the video, it shows a man and a woman behind a computer, just broken, um, broken down, sad. Um, a lot of us feel this way. Um, and, uh, it's, 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 a, it's a real tragedy. So, um, uh, I don't want to be super crass about saying, Oh, you can buy this print. So what I'm doing, if you go to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Len, you can download this for free, uh, right now. If you go to my Patreon, it'll be free through the weekend. And then, um, you know, who knows what I'm going to do with it after that, but it is, it, you know, I think it's, it's just, a, we're just scratching the surface here about being able to talk about stuff like this and it needs to be talked about. Yeah. Uh, it's really good, Lynn. I, I can't even look at it right now without tearing up, to be honest. So, uh, yeah, thanks for doing that. You're welcome. Uh, let's all take a breath now, uh, <laughs> uh, and say New Zealand, we're with you. And, uh, yeah. thank you, Patrick Norton. So, thanks for having me. So very quiet right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I will wrap up our our show from here. Uh, you, you can you can keep up with Patrick at techthing.com at avxl.com, uh, and uh, you can support this show uh, lots of ways at dailytechnewsshow.com slash support. If you have feedback for us, our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. Talk to us. We'll talk back. We're also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. And you can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. See you Monday, folks. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.